The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Outlander Business, the two-seater commercial SUV with over 2,000 litres of cargo space, two-ton towing capacity and legendary four-wheel drive technology. MitsubishiMotors.ie All right, well, just before we go to Atlanta, Georgia, it's amazing how many families do uh, cook at home, mostly the men who cook in our extended families, says the listener, some of the women wouldn't know a pot from a pan, and Bruce and Waterford, they prioritise a home-cooked family dinner each evening with their two boys, and and his um, Bruce's four-year-old often says it's one of the great parts of the day, and not surprisingly, a family from India. India. Uh, in Ireland for eight years, they cook every day from scratch. Very common in India. Used to be common in Ireland. And I have a text from another fella who says, I work, cook, and do the washing, George. The wife would poison you, but she is smart and work hard. <laughs> uh, Michael Graham, you, you can only cook grits, I suppose, can you? What? Are you kidding me, George? I cooked at the New Orleans School of Cooking. Do not mock me in the the kitchen, my friend. I will make you some gumbo, some etouffee, some red beans and rice. Um, In fact, I tell you what, the next time I'm there, if you can find me in the kitchen, give me 20 minutes, I'll make you some praline, some wonderful Southern-style candies made with pecans that are absolutely great. Of course, you guys probably say pralines and pecans, (laughs) but uh, I'll give you the good stuff. You know what a pecan is, right, George? A pecan is what you use when you can't make it to the bathroom because you're sick. That's what a pecan is. So we make pecans here. Thank you. All right. I'm off to your old stomping ground next week. Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm actually in the suburbs right now traveling. That's one reason it sounds a little hinky is my setup is still with Delta Airlines. Delta delivered me. They did not, alas, deliver my luggage unfortunately. And uh, they were very, very nice about it. And I noticed something, George. You notice when you travel, every person you're allowed to talk to is a woman. You never get to talk to a guy. If there's a guy around, he's either flying the plane or handling the luggage. All the customer service, the sky waitresses, everybody, women. I think something's up here. Well, are there not gender quotas? No, we don't do gender quotas in the United States because we're not insane. I saw that piece that you're now going to start firing better qualified, more highly qualified professors and replacing them with incompetent women because you have some concern about how many people can use a urinal. But it you don't know. You don't know. This is NUIG Galway, NUI Galway, where right. they want a mandatory 50-50 split of professors because it's over 50% of the junior lecturers are women. It, it, you can't assume they're incompetent, but you don't believe in quotas. That's the key point, really. If you're competent, you don't need a quota. The only people who need quotas are people who can't earn the job on merit. So you can have merit or you can have quotas. And of course, you being a bunch of Euro weenies, you choose quotas instead. Um, yeah, but what about the fact that there are a tremendous number of women in every grade of lectureship at NUI right. Galway except a professor? They're not all dunderheads, Michael. You can't assume that. I don't assume that they're dunderheads. You know, I'm just assuming that if you're competent, you won't need the quota. And listen, why is it that a woman who's 45 
might be in a different position in her on the academic ladder than a guy who's 45, who's, they started out the same school, had the same grades. Well, one thing that might have happened, because it's been known to happen, George, is this thing called the birds and the bees. And she might have had a baby or two, and she might have made some decisions about pursuing her academic interests where she made other priorities. This is why this week, President Obama and his idiotic equal pay uh, 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 speech, said equal pay day this week, was absolute nonsense. He kept lying to people saying that sexism is causing women to earn less than men. It's obvious nonsense. Well, uh, why? Because, George, if you ran a company with 100 employees and you really were able to pay women 79 cents on the dollar for the same work as men, how many men would you hire? Answer? Zero, because you'd put that 21% labor cost in your pocket. You'd suddenly cut your cost by 21% and be making more money. If it was really true that the same experience, same ability, same work, you could buy it for 79%, you would never hire a man. And uh, by the way, we have all kinds of science on uh, research, social work on this. Women make different decisions. Women choose different careers. The, num the top five most deadly careers have a, num a female uh, percentage particip rate, participation rate of less than 2%. Almost no women work in the deadliest jobs, like crabbing and uh, you know stuff like firefighting, stuff like that. When you pay a guy to get killed, you tend to have to pay him more. And so you have different choices for work, different choices for life, outcome, many happy people, and idiotic politicians pretending that this has something to do with sexism. Come on, George, you live in Ireland. You know the people of Ireland. These aren't people going, I'll never work for a woman. That's idiot. What guy ever sat in a classroom in Galway or Dublin and said, I'm not listening to this professor. She's a girl. Nobody says that, and everybody knows that this is all politics. All right. I, I, um, I, I'm worried at the moment because it seems that your front runner, your pal Donald Trump, may not actually make it. Whoa. How, okay, George. <laughs> I, I, I put up with a lot. Of, can we all agree, Ireland? I put up a lot of nonsense from George Hook. I have never said a kind word about Donald Trump in my life. I have already been targeted. I'm being chased by pitchfork and uh, torch carriers for being a leader in the never Trump movement in the United States. So don't put that crap on me. But uh, it, I would say right now it's uh, less than a 50-50 chance that Donald Trump is a nominee. Uh, Why is that, Why will he not win if because, he's ahead? And, because oh. you have to win the actual delegates. It's, uh, you know, and it's you think he's not going to win the delegates? He won't, he won't win a majority. In the, in the, the, think, think about it. You've got this club called the Democratic Club. They're having their thing. Hillary Clinton is walking away with tons of delegates. She's going to be the nominee. That says that the members of the club like her and want her to be their nominee. Well, the Republicans have a club, and they have a very simple rule. You have to have a majority of the delegates. If you think about it, that makes sense, because it's your club. You want your club to have a nominee that but that the club But why won't likes. Trump win the delegates? He's ahead. Because the club doesn't like him. He, because 30, Donald Trump has 37% of the votes cast thus far. 37%. The majority of Republicans don't want him. Why should they take a guy they don't want? It's their club. Same thing with the Democrats. If they don't want Hillary, why should they take her? But they're going to have to take Trump if he wins the what? delegates. Why do you but keep he saying well, he won't? He's not winning the delegates because he's not winning. He's gotten 37% of the popular vote. He's gotten about 44%, 45% of the delegates. He's not going to win. 
But it's going to win New York, which presumably so, has a ton of ga- it's delegates. Got 90 delegates or so. But remember, New York is not as influential in a Republican primary as it is in a Democratic primary because that's not where the Republicans well, are. What about so California Texas then? Is a, lot, is a lot bigger than New York when it comes to that. In California, they apportion the delegates by percentage. But this is the point that I'm interested in, in asking, because you guys have a similar, you know, let's face it, you're Fina Fall, Fina Golf, Fina Ball, whatever the heck that crap. You guys have a similar system. All you guys get together and you pick a leader for your party. The leader of the party has to have a majority of the actual party. You don't do a popular vote of the people of Ireland and say, who should be the head of Sinn Féin? The people of Sinn Féin decide who should be the head All of right. Sinn Féin. That's okay. how it's supposed to work. The but, question is facing Republicans is what's going to happen if they get to the convention and uh, Donald Trump is negative 69% among American voters, as he is today, and Ted Cruz is negative 59%. Are they really going to nominate somebody for their club that they know is going to get crushed in November. But David, that's the really interesting No, but question. that's, that's happened before. I mean, don't you remember Mandela? Yeah, I know was he was stupid. Democrat. Dred Dukakis, uh, George McGovern, uh, uh, you know, a ton no, no, of wait, people. Wait, 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 George. George, wait. You have people who lose, like McCain and... Uh, Barry and Goldwater. Uh, right. But that's different uh, from knowing you're picking a loser. See, I agree with you that in 72... Democrats knew McGovern was going to lose, but then again, Nixon was probably going to win anyway. In 64, Republicans knew Goldwater was going to lose, but then again, LBJ was probably going to win anyway. This is different. 55% of Americans don't like Hillary Clinton. By the time the election comes around, that's probably going to be 60% or higher. She's eminently beatable. Are the Republicans really going to pick one of the handful of people who can't beat her uh, in this uh, delegate process. That's All right, so hold on a while. But, but I mean, you if Trump has 500 delegates and Cruz has 400 delegates, right. are you trying to tell me that the Republican system in a democracy, in a Democratic party, Democratic club, Democrat with a small d, sure. that they're going to turn around and say, no, 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 we'll we have Michael Graham. He hasn't got Here's any the- delegates, but, but he can beat Hillary. We'll have Michael Here's- Graham. Here's the system. You have to have half of the delegates plus one, 1,237. You have to have that to be the nominee, period. If we go to the ballot and we take the first ballot and Trump has 1,236, he is not the nominee. He didn't win. And until somebody wins 1,237, you still keep voting. Once the first vote takes place, many of the delegates are then free to vote for whoever they want. That's how the system works. It's happened before. It happened in 1920. It happened in 1880. This is the system. If the voters can't rally behind one candidate and give him a solid majority, it's the job of the Republican delegates, these longtime Republican activists and on-the-ground people, to decide who the nominee is going to be. I'm not predicting that. I'm predicting that either Trump or Cruz will be the nominee. But it's absolutely possible and reasonable. But more importantly, George, how stupid is it to nominate a guy who you know is going to lose 40 out of 50 states when you don't have to. All that right, okay. idiots would do that. But but you, you keep saying Hillary's going to win, but Bernie Sanders, as a yeah. listener keeps telling me, has won seven of the last eight states. Doesn't matter. And Ted Cruz has won, what, six of the last seven? It doesn't matter. The, the Democrats use an openly anti-democratic system called superdelegates. They have the popular kids in the club, if you will, who have their own votes they can cast for anyone they want. 
and they are going to go, go right. with Hillary no matter what. But the one advantage you do have, no matter who you <laughs> pick, no matter who you pick, you'll have a government at the end of it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you, you won't be like us screwing around for seven weeks with more weeks to come. We got a statement from Fine Gael. They obviously knew you were coming on who wouldn't understand that. And they said the negotiating teams for Fine Gael and Fine Gael met again this afternoon. It was a constructive meeting. Contacts will continue over the weekend <laughs> and they're going to meet on Monday. What do you think? So do you see a connection between, because I will tell you this, in America... The primary system is completely broken. You, you can see it right now with you know Bernie Sanders and all these states he's winning and he can't get the nomination. The Republican side is totally screwed up. You know, sixty percent of Republicans don't want the lead front runner for the nomination. Fifty percent of Republican women say they will never vote. For, no, forty percent say they'll never vote for him. Do you see any disconnection between our kind of broken system and what's going on with you guys this year? It's a broken system. I think people are just in a cranky mood. They want to kick the table over, and uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Well, you see, it's do. quite interesting that, you know, democracy has been around for a couple of hundred years. And what you now have is you have the Spaniards, the Dutch, the, the, the uh, Danes, the Irish, uh, the, the British wanting to pull out of Europe. There just seems to be what you, I think you very describe it very well, a kick the table over attitude. And I, and I would connect it to this, your smartphone. The Euro, the EU, the American political uh, parties, our, our DC system, they are the antithesis of your life on the smartphone, where you as an individual decide, here's what I want, here's what I want to pay for, here's where I want to go, here's, what, here's how I want to live. What is the purpose of Brussels? Hi, I have no idea what that retirement cottage is down on the Irish coast, but you can't have screen doors and you have to have windows this big and you can't have a dog more than 72 you know, kilos and blah, blah, blah. It's the opposite. And that distance between empowered individuals and this slow-moving corrupt bureaucracy, hello, uh, Panama Papers, can't survive. Eventually, the individuals are going to win, which is why I still remain confident that even though it's incredibly bad moment for those of us who believe in individual liberty and uh, small government, I think absolutely over time, over the next generation, we are going to win. All right. Thank you for joining me. News Talk Radio 106.7 in Atlanta is where you'll find a Michael Graham every Friday at this time uh, here on the right